what I'm discovering and learning is that there really is no competition in this space, which is pretty unique. But I think it's really going to take all of us to come together to drive change outside of Sonos and really recognizing that we're all in this together. You know, in the end, it's really about the survival of our planet. And there really is a global urgency, I think, for companies to respond to that. Toward the end of 2021, audio tech giant Sonos released its Listen Better report alongside a climate action plan in which it laid out its commitment to a more sustainable future for the business. A key figure driving this plan from within is Kitty Sudman, who's the voice that you just heard. Kitty's role as Design Director of Product Sustainability at Sonos places her at the very forefront of the brand's drive to reduce its environmental impact, with a goal to reach carbon neutrality by 2030 and achieve net zero emissions by 2040. Before diving into this initiative, Sonos launched a global study of 7,000 consumers, both owners and non-owners of Sonos products, in order to better understand what their sentiment was towards sustainability and the longevity of technology products. And while you'll have to listen to the rest of this episode to hear from Kitty about their findings, I can tell you that the consumer expectation of companies committing to sustainability-focused business models is very much here to stay. So joining myself and Kitty in conversation this week is Content Director of Consumer Tech here at WGSN, Lisa Yong, who along with the rest of our consumer tech team have been researching how the desire for sustainability will evolve and what expectations will be for brands to reverse the damage done to our environment through mass consumption. By definition, sustainability is all about the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. And clearly that is no longer enough because we're running out of options to either strengthen or maintain anything at this point. So should we move beyond that? Should we evolve and take one step further? Recently, we've seen finance industry giant Mastercard announce that it's tying all employee bonuses to meeting its environment, social and governance goals. As businesses across all sectors aim to be more accountable to ESG targets, we discuss how the structure of their own internal hierarchies can give sustainability a key role in everything they do. We also hear from Kitty about what tech brands can do to balance the tightrope of providing cutting-edge products alongside fulfilling the increasing desire for longevity in products that consumers own. But first of all, I wanted to find out what Kitty's new role of Design Director of Product Sustainability within Sonos entails. I have been at Sonos for about eight years um, and I was in a different capacity and recently stepped into this new role. Um, stepping into this role, I think, is really going to give me much greater impact that actually goes beyond Sonos as well, which is really personally um, something that I'm super excited about. Um, you know, being part of the design team, I feel that as designers, we have a responsibility and an obligation to design with product sustainability in mind. And as designers, we really sit at the front end of the product development process. So that really puts us in a unique position to drive change. Um, in this role, there are really four areas of acceleration in the world that I'm closely paying attention to and will continue to look at. Um, the first one is really an obvious one. We all see climate change um, accelerating faster than ever. And I think as human beings, we really have a responsibility to act on that. 
The other thing that we really see changing is policies and regulations. They're starting to move faster and faster. And this really means that companies need to start getting ahead of these regulations. Investor pressure is increasing. Um, we're seeing investors really holding companies more accountable than ever before. And I think really one of the biggest areas that we're paying attention to is that we see consumers demanding brands to do better. And all of us, really, us included, we're also consumers of lots of different band, brands. Um, we all expect companies to do better going forward. So it's an exciting role to step into. Um, I've been given the opportunity to really craft a unique space at Sonos for this um, and to build out a team that really starts looking at opportunity areas and moving the needle forward. And I'm really interested in your uh, career up to this point, because I, I read, I was excited to read that you studied Eindhoven, which is like, for me, it's kind of like the holy grail of kind of innovation and creativity under Lee uh, Edelcourt, actually. He's, That's right. He's a very well-known sort of trend forecaster. And, and then you went into CMF, but I'd love to hear about how you think that kind of fed into uh, your CMF career in CMF and, and how that's prepared you for this new role? Yeah, so I actually, um, I am actually from the Netherlands. So after growing up in Asia for about 20 years, I went back to the Netherlands to study design. Um, and during my studies, I really discovered that I did not want to become an industrial designer and that I had a deep passion for material innovation, which really led me down a path of color material finish. So for over 20 years, I've really played in that space. And it's been interesting because there really is a natural overlap between color material finish and responsible materials. Um, and so over the last few years, I really took on an extended role at Sonos, which included product sustainability. Um, but it was, really, um, it was really something that was done kind of on the side or in addition to CMF. Um, and we've really determined that product sustainability needs um, more intentional, uh, an intentional team or more focus behind it. Um, and we've recognized that sustainability really goes well beyond materials. So this transition to a dedicated product sustainability team really emerged out of that. And forming this team is really gonna give the focus that we need to drive this important work forward at Sonos. I'm Bethan Ryder, Executive Editorial Director here at WGSN and member of the Internal Sustainability Board here, and you're listening to Create Tomorrow, the WGSN podcast. In this episode's conversation with Sonos's Kitty Sudman and WGSN's Lisa Yong, I wanted to find out how consumer expectations were playing a role in the push towards a circular model of creation and consumption. For that, we turn to Lisa Yong to explain just how much the idea of circularity has been absorbed by consumer consciousness. Well, there's always been an active community of uh, climate advocates, right, uh, fighting for a more sustainable world. Um, I mean, it started, it's not an overnight um, consideration as far as consumers are concerned. But I think the voice is getting louder and stronger in recent years, and especially now that we can no longer ignore the effects of climate change um, in our everyday lives. 
Um, and I think consumers do care and do want uh, more sustainable products. Um, and they will be willing to go the extra mile to educate themselves or pay the extra dollar to support businesses that align with their values and beliefs um, right now. So um, they are also looking for, um, you know, the so-called radical transparency that you keep hearing about in how businesses operate, how, uh, where things are manufactured, whether it's ethical. So it's all these things coming together, right? Um, and, and climate change is definitely uh, an, a, a, a catalyst and accelerator to all these concerns. And we often write about this consumer behaviors, um, not only on our consumer tech persona reports, um, but we also talk about it um, in our future consumer report. So definitely check that out. But I think brands really have to listen to their consumers, recalibrate their business priorities to really benefit people and the planet beyond just profits, right? Um, and just don't slap on greenwashing labels and call it sustainable. Um, I think consumers are smarter than that. And you just have to put in the work to make real changes and make sustainable or sustainability part of that brand DNA from the ground up. Um, and I think, Kitty, you probably would agree with me, right? Uh, because you have done extensive research at Sonos as well, speaking with the consumers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last year, we actually initiated a user research project um, to really help us gain a better understanding of the consumer's point of view around sustainability. We actually interviewed over 7,000 people. Some of those participants are Sonos owners and some of them are not. Um, and we're really seeing that the younger the generations get, the more passionate they are about sustainability. And we learned a lot of things. We really focused the research on tech companies and how consumers think about sustainability when it comes to consumer tech products. Um, and there's a couple of things that we learned. Um, we learned that consumers are expecting companies to be more responsible and environmentally conscious. Um, they also talked a lot about wanting the tech industry to, to feel more understandable. So the way that they described it was less black box, right? What does it really, how does it work within the tech world? They're also wanting companies to have really clear and concise environmental messaging. And they want companies and expect companies to really reduce e-waste and innovate um, and really look for ways to improve the longevity of products. So that was really uh, the biggest uh, message. You know, we know that when products last for a long time, that is the best way to reduce our carbon footprint. So absolutely, Lisa, completely agree with you that consumers really are driving a lot of these demands and expectations and really have an expectation for companies to do better. And was that global, just to the 7,000? It was. It was global, yes. amazing. It was a global study, yeah. And I'm interested in that black box bit. Is that sort of about making tech more invisible and blend into the interior more? And is it kind of, or is it about interfaces and making those more uh, human, if you like? <laughs> Black tech is really about, um, you know, technology today is really about being there. Our products are computers, right? And I think oftentimes that's not always understood by consumers that a product that plays music or streams music is actually a computer and has chips and modems and stuff in it. Um, and there's, to some extent, there's a disconnect between what 
um, what a sound system used to be back in the day. Uh, we heard consumers talk about, you know, my parents or my father had a sound system and you bought it once and it lasted forever. And so there is this constant association with what a sound system used to be in our case. Um, and obviously from a technology perspective, that's really evolved. So I do think consumers in general, just, you know, there is, there is this unknown around what is inside technology and why does technology have a shelf life, so to speak. So that's what we're, that's what we've really dug into and learned in speaking to all of these customers. And what sort of practices has that meant that you've um, introduced us on us on along the way that in terms of how things are manufactured, what sort of changes have you made during your time there? For us, um, we really believe within design and within Sonos that a sustainable product is a more desirable product to the consumer. So first and foremost, I think that's something that we always keep in mind when we're designing our products. But there's a lot of factors that go into making a product sustainable, right? From how we design and manufacture products and to the way we operate our facilities. So right now at Sonos, really just, we're really just at the beginning of that journey. Um, our ambitions are really to drive down the carbon footprint and environmental impact of our products. And that's gonna be the focused area of my team moving forward to explore. But we've actually already made a really great start and that's actually outlined in our Listen Better report on Sonos.com. And how we started was really, we created something that I refer to as product sustainability principles. These are goals with targets against each. So just to walk through a couple of those um, circular materials, we're actually transitioning to circular materials as a way to reduce our reliance on virgin materials. And what we're doing for the first time is we're transitioning to post-consumer recycled plastics, which is really a way to use e-waste um, and give plastics a second life. And it also um, reduces our carbon footprint. Another area that we're really going deep on is voluntary safer materials. So from a compliance perspective, there's all sorts of hazardous substances that sit in materials that are regulated. Um, but a lot of companies are really moving or shifting towards a direction of looking at voluntary um, restricted substances and knowing that there's uh, dangers to human health and the environment and really pushing in a way governments and legislation to pay attention to that. So we're actually really working hard to reduce the use of harmful chemicals in our products and setting that baseline understanding of where we are today. We're also for the first time designing our products for disassembly. Um, design for disassembly is really going to enable for more efficient repair remanufacturing and proper recycling of products when it does hit end of life. Keep in mind, end of life for Sonos is actually pretty far away, which is pretty unique in our industry. Um, our products last for at least 10 years on average, so that's already a lot longer than a lot of other technology products. But really reducing overall waste um, and lowering our carbon footprint is going to be supported by designing our products in a new way. So we're actually starting to move away from using adhesives um, and transitioning to screws where we can. 
Um, there's also a really big focus on energy efficiency for our products. So we're really looking at designing and energy saving solutions. And this is really a huge area of focus since 70% of our carbon impact falls in the product's use state. Um, product longevity, you'll see in our Listen Better report, our CEO, Patrick Spence, always touches on product longevity. And that really is the best form of sustainability, right? The longer a product is in use, um, the less carbon impact or environmental impact it's going to have. So there is a continued focus, and I'm going to be continuing to look for those opportunity areas to really find ways that we can keep our products in use for as long as possible. This is Create Tomorrow from WGSN. We're talking to Sonos' Design Director of Product Sustainability, Kitty Subman, about how her business is bringing sustainable design into the core of everything they do. In an industry like consumer tech, where the desire for cutting edge is a key driver, I wanted to understand how Sonos balances the demand for newness with a growing desire for longevity. It is a tension, but I do think at Sonos we sit in a slightly different spot. Um, you know, first, I think we design our products to really um, design them in a way with longevity in mind. So um, we always design our products to be uh, minimal in look and feel and sit in the background. Um, it's, you know, having a product that streams music that sits in your home is very different than, I think, a phone that you carry with you all the time. So I think the expectations around how long that product lasts is different. And if you design your product in a way that your intention is to have it last for a long time, um, we think about it that way as well. When we think about our industrial design progression, we evolve our design progression in small steps, right? So a product that you've purchased five or eight years ago should still work in close connection with products that we bring out today. And just stepping back into my CMF experience or role at Sonos for a minute, we actually designed a palette with um, longevity in mind as well. So. We have a system of products that always need to work together. And both from an ID and from a CMF perspective, we want to make sure that this system always feels holistic. I just wanted to add to Kitty's point. I totally agree that, you know, I think it's very important to have uh, design play a very critical role in supporting sustainability goals. I think especially it's very important, you know, that design should be at the forefront of decision-making process um, in any executive or product development teams. And I think it's it's about time and it, it's slowly happening, you know, that designers have a seat at the leadership table, you know, to, to really invigorate, you know, new discussions that impact the way we live um, when it comes to uh, sustainability. And just a little history, right? Um, my history with Kitty and Sonos go way back 10 plus years right now. And I was really fortunate to have that opportunity uh, in the beginning to work on consumer as well as CMF uh, research on some of the earlier Sonos products. 
And I see design-centric companies like Sonos making a huge difference um, in advocating change in how products are designed and made and used. And to Kitty's point, you know, this whole design for longevity, it does definitely resonate with a lot of designers uh, right now and and before as well. When I was going through design school, we're always talking about that. Um, And I think... I can attest to that, too, because I still have numerous Sonos products at home that were designed more than 10 years ago and they still work. So it's testament to, you know, how uh, taking the care and the time and the perfection, you know, to to design a really well-made, thoughtful product that lasts for a long time. And that should be part of that sustainability goal as well. Yeah, a product that doesn't feel outdated after 10 years. So you're really designing modern classics. Yeah. Uh Within that, is there a, uh, do you have a kind of manifesto within that, Kitty? Is there, a, is there a Sonos design manifesto about, I know there's a sustainability one, but is there a design one that kind of is separate from that? No, I think, um, you know, I think sustainability really fits into um, our design manifesto holistically. Um, you know, I think what really sets us apart is that at Sonos product sustainability actually sits within the design organization, which is pretty unique. Um, I have really started connecting with different sustainability leaders across different companies. Um, and I'm learning that in most other companies, sustainability is a role that typically sits um, in the operations team or the supply chain group. Um, And I think that's what makes it interesting at Sonos, right? So if we look at our Sonos uh, design organization, um, there are actually five groups that report into that organization now and product sustainability is part of that. So it also means it automatically becomes a part of our design conversation. So that would be one of your first um, pieces of advice should a company want to sort of integrate sustainability practices is to kind of really embed it from that perspective rather than have it as a bolt-on role. Yeah, I I do think because design sits at the beginning of the um, creation process, so to speak, um, really working closely across industrial design, CMF and packaging, it really allows us to um, incorporate product sustainability ideas and opportunities really early on in our process. And we work with a lot of cross-functional groups. Um, You know, I alone can't do this job by myself. Um, And my role is really gonna be about bringing different teams together, both technical teams and creative teams. And I'm already starting to work on um, something that I'm calling a green team, forming this green team that that really lives within and outside of the design organization that really starts to bring technical subject matter expertise and design together, where we're all working collectively to really identify what are the strongest opportunity areas and where do we want to invest our um, research and development in. You're listening to Create Tomorrow from WGSN. As we continue our conversation on Sonos' move towards a net zero production model, 
I wanted to focus on the change in language around sustainability and the move beyond simply maintaining the current environmental impact. We've seen an increasing amount of conversations around moving towards regenerative as an approach to environmental responsibility for businesses. And to find out how that is playing out with consumers, I turned to Lisa Yong. Yeah, uh, it's a funny thing, right? Language. Um, I think language sometimes helps, but sometimes hinders as well uh, in terms of how we uh, communicate important ideas. So take, for example, um, the term sustainability itself. Um, it's been around for a long time. Um, I was looking up because I was just curious, right? Um, some sources say the word first appeared in the United Nations document in 1987. That was probably like 35 years ago. Some say it's 1978. That, that even takes it way back. So it, it took a long time for that word to become a household term as it is right now. So that's incredible in itself. And then by definition, sustainability is all about the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. And clearly that is no longer enough um, because we're running out of options to either strengthen or maintain anything at this point. So, but yet at the same time, the term is familiar and it's comfortable and people finally get it now. So should we move beyond that? Should we evolve and take one step further? And I think as we shift, right, I, all these talk about, you know, shifting from linear to a circular economy, the language definitely has to transform as well. And in recent years, we are also hearing terms like, you know, circularity and regenerative, like you mentioned, Bethan. Um, and maybe those could help push the agenda forward. But I also think that it will take another while before it becomes familiar with the masses, right? As as we've just heard about sustainability taking a long time. So it's still a lot to unpack. And sometimes I feel that it's still very confusing, even when people talk about these two ways of talking about the new sustainability. And I know that many tech companies are driving this movement of circular design thinking and regenerative by design. But when it comes down to it, what does it really mean? How do you unpack that? I, I think many are still struggling uh, to effectively define and communicate this new language. And I, I think we need words to be more precise, right? So that we can communicate better. Um, not just to ourselves, to our peers, but definitely to the consumers because they are confused. Um, so ultimately, I, I think, you know, the language will evolve into a place where we feel comfortable as we have with sustainability. And I think a lot of ways how we try to do it within our consumer tech um, uh, vertical is really to talk about all these things that you know, Kitty just mentioned design by uh, longevity or uh, more climate adaptive products or eco materials and and start bringing some of these words in, in the context of how you explain things. And I think that's really important. Just to chime into that, Lisa, the way that we think about it at Sonos is, um, you know, we talk about considering the full life cycle of a product or designing for circularity. Right, you're right. There are different terms that get thrown around. Um, and these are just the, some of the ways that we think about it. Um, but we really cons consider what we call both upstream and downstream activities and really 
some of the examples of what that means is, you know, it's really about at the beginning of the process, choosing responsible materials that we put into our product. That's the place to start. Um, and obviously what I talked about as well, designing our products in a way so that we can um, reharvest or, or use those materials again at end of life. Um, we also have to consider the manufacturing process, right? How are these products getting manufactured and what is the energy that goes into those manufacturing processes? We're also starting to look at our suppliers and really considering are our suppliers using renewable energy sources or not? Um, we're looking at how we distribute our products. So we're really taking a closer look at size and weight, not just of our products, but also our packaging, um, recognizing them that the size and the weight of a product also have a carbon impact here. Um, and as I mentioned before, our product's energy usage, that's really a huge area of opportunity that we need to, or that not just need to, but are already really digging into. And then just full circle, if we think about circularity, um, when the product does end of life, what happens then? And what do those, um, what does those downstream activities look like? What happens to the materials in those products and everything that goes along with that? So we really think about it as a full life cycle of a product from its infancy all the way to end of life. And how do you, I'm interested in how you kind of like motivate your team to think differently about developing products. We've been talking a little bit um, at WJSN about multi-species thinking and, and lots of kind of quite, well, you could call them radical radical thinking, but like trying to kind of uh, provoke uh, absolutely new ways of thinking about humans' place on the planet and, and approach things really differently. Are you kind of employing, I kind of think of, always think of someone that's trained at Eindhoven as really about kind of thinking differently. Do you, yeah, uh, is yeah. part of that um, with your team, do you, you have that encouragement for them to kind of dip into these sorts of things? Is that, is that very much part of the, the process? It is, but I have to say um, at Sonos, it really doesn't take a whole lot to motivate teams to do better for the environment. So that's always a great place to start. And I'm discovering that as I start to form this green team of advocates is what I'm calling them. Um, you know, I have yet to meet somebody that's going to push back on that and say, this is not important for me. Um, so, you know, I think my role is really to create clear goals and targets that we work towards and to really bring design and technical teams together to look for those opportunity areas. And I think in the end, we're really in the business of designing premium product experiences for our consumers. And it's really about thinking about the entire life cycle of a product and designing with that in mind. So there's, you know, the, the way that we've done that as the, are the examples that I provided earlier, which is really around those design for dis or the product sustainability principles um, and really empowering the mechanical engineering team and the global logistics team and the design team and the acoustics team and all of these other teams to um, really enable um, progress in these areas. Ultimately, at Sonos, we have a climate action plan in place now that we need to work towards. And I am also working on our first product lifecycle analysis that's really going to put our environmental impact plan in place. Um, and those are two really high level company goals that we need to start making progress towards. 
Um, and so I think because those goals are public and they're in place, it really empowers all of our employees to start making progress towards those bigger goals. Lisa, what would you, um, how would you encourage brands to sort of make better products in the same way that's good for the environment? What are your kind of uh, tips? Because I know you have worked in industry too, so you've got good experience. Yeah, I think uh, I think the sustainability landscape has changed dramatically in the past 10 years. And I think thank goodness for that. So um, in a way, sustainability is no longer um, an option or an afterthought. It should be built in as part of any business strategy. And I think companies get that right now. Um, and there's plenty of information at hand out there. Companies do want to be educated. They they care about the climate change and they want to really make an effort to deal with the crisis. And like Kitty said, because of this, it shouldn't take too much of a motivation for companies to do the right thing. And I think it's almost by default that they have to do something uh, because that's what consumers want. And I think that's the biggest advocacy push uh, needed for companies to deliver on what people really want. Um, and consumers are really pushing for that positive change. Um, so they also need to just hire the right expertise to guide them on how to effectively you know, implement all these eco-positive uh, systems in their businesses, right? I mean, someone like Kitty, for example, within the context of Sonos, I think there should be more of um, these expertise, these experts around. Yeah, and just, you know, some some tactical things that we've done at Sonos is we've made product sustainability part of our process, um, uh, product development process. Um, and we have incorporated our sustainability goals and targets into what we refer to as a PRD, which is product requirements. So as you go through the product development process, there are checkpoints where a program is gonna be held accountable to demonstrate the progress that they're making and connect those back to the requirements that we have in our PRD. So those are some very tactical ways that you can um, ensure that companies are making progress towards product sustainability. It has to be rigorous. Do, do you, um, so far, what is your, what product is there that you have on the market that you are is closest to something you're proud of with regard to sustainability? If you could actually talk about, you know, an actual physical thing. Yeah, so there's actually a product launching later this year and early next year, and all products after that are really gonna be incorporating our product sustainability goals. Um, so you will see a product coming out later this year that is designed with um, circular materials designed for disassembly. We've really taken a closer look at energy efficiency um, opportunities um, and really just thinking about all of those uh, things. So it will show up. We've made small strides here and there in existing products, but as you'll see in our Listen Better report on Sonos.com, um, I talk about our product sustainability program is what I call it. And it starts to outline um, what we're going to be coming out with later this year. So lots of exciting stuff to come. Um, will it be, um, will people pay more for that? Or will it be very much within the uh, same price range that your products generally are? That's a great question. People will not be paying more for it. Um, you know, we, one of the, the biggest challenges that we faced is cost around sustainability. On, um, in most cases, 
designing for, the sustain, for sustainability actually costs more. Um, but we have been working really close with our sourcing team and other teams to really find the space to um, incorporate these goals into what we refer to as our COG-M um, to really ensure that the product still lands within the same price range. So, but that is, that's the biggest and most difficult thing to achieve is how do we maintain our cost um, and at the same time know that lots of these sustainability changes um, are adding costs. So there's definitely trade-off conversations that we need to have internally. Okay, we need to sort of wrap up, I think. I just wanted to know um, perhaps uh, what is the most important thing you've learned? I don't know what you feel like as part of that, what your biggest challenges are going to be or if you can see what they are. I mean, I think it's interesting that, as you said, like shipping and the use is is something maybe it's hard to control when you're making sustainable products. But within Sonos, what, what have you felt like um, has been a great learning curve? It's actually, I feel like this actually goes outside of Sonos. Um, what I'm discovering and learning is that there really is no competition in this space, which is pretty unique. Um, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I'm partnering with sustainability leaders across other companies. And really what's happening in this space is we're all sharing best practices with each other and learning from each other, right? What are some of the challenges that you're bumping into? And cost is really one that continues to pop up across the board. Um, but I think it's really going to take all of us to come together to drive change outside of Sonos um, and really recognizing that we're all in this together. You know, in the end, it's really about the survival of our planet. And there really is a global urgency, I think, for companies to respond to that. Yeah, Lisa, I mean, we've been looking at there is a lot of open source happening more and more. And we obviously we see that as a positive Thing. I wonder, Lisa, do you think there needs to be like a, a tech consortium, global tech consortium to kind of look at all of these challenges together? Is that is that the way the direction of travel is heading? I think there are a lot of uh, tech consortiums coming, go, coming and going, you know, some bigger than most. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of the tech leadership taking um, taking charge and pushing that conversation, you know, forward. Um I think it, these are exciting times because like Kitty say, you know, um, we, we, we are in this together. We just have to find a way, you know, um, a, 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 an intelligent way, you know, that we can really uh, push some change forward um, and not just keep talking about it because we, we don't have time. Time is running out. Thank you so much to my guests this week, Kitty Subman and Lisa Young. We're excited to see the new sustainably focused products planned for Sonos for this year. If you're a WGSN subscriber, you can find many reports covering sustainability in consumer tech and the wider industries we serve across all of our platforms, not to mention last year's Create Better White Paper, which focused on this topic. If you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to WGSN.com. To discover how you can get access to our service and we're constantly publishing new content focusing on how we can design a brighter better future for all of our industries including food and drink beauty interiors fashion and consumer tech you can subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms and if you like what you've heard why not give us a rating and review 
And that just leaves me to thank our producer, Roland Bodenham, and again our guests, Kitty Sudman and Lisa Yong, for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay well and healthy, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.